lives. There it is. Morning, Freedom Center. They, they said after wearing the black Billy Jack t-shirt, I should tone it down with masculinity. So this is salmon. For those of you that are saying, hey, nice pink shirt, or was it dark when you got dressed and you stumbled into your wife's closet? No. My friends are mean to me. God bless you. Good morning, live stream. Good morning, Grand Blank House Campus. Can we once again welcome our Grand Blank House Campus to church today? So exciting. Today, we are starting a new series on wisdom. How many guys think that what the world needs now is some more wise guys? Um, some people that actually understand how to do things. I, I think sometimes there's been this, uh, this feeling of I don't quite know what to do. In the last year or so, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. All the questions are new. Let me tell you something. Though the questions may be new, the answers are ancient. And the book of Proverbs has given us some great, great, great information. And really what, what the book of Proverbs is, is before the test is given, we give you the answers. How many guys like a teacher that gives you all the answers day one, and then you know how to succeed, right? Well, our teacher, Jesus Christ, through Solomon, through some other people, gave us the answers to all of life's challenges. Literally, what kind of woman to marry? What kind of job to do? What sort of ethics you need to have? How to handle money, time, family, enemies, uh, in-laws, enemies, in-laws, enemies. Uh, it, it literally tells us about respect and honor and pearls before pigs and gold rings and pig snouts. And it's, it's beautifully pictorial. So people with graphicsy, such as myself, a little bit low in literacy, but extraordinarily high in graphicsy, it paints pictures with words so I can remember these things. Okay, it's a big deal to me. So James chapter 1, verse 5 says this. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, we have a solution for that. He should ask God, who gives generously... How does he give? Generously to all. To what, to what measure? Okay. So he gives generously to all, but not me. No, no. Generously to all without finding fault. And, and when you ask, God's going to give this to you. So we have access to the generous, wise God who wants us to ask so he can give us wisdom. I don't mean like I can do a rugus cube with my feet. That's not wisdom. I mean looking at the times and the days in which we live and knowing what to do. Knowing how to respond, knowing how to win over your enemy, knowing how to make peace, knowing how to make war, and knowing what the difference is between the two, right? So our prayers are answered. Anybody who asks God, like, I just need wisdom, God says, congratulations, here's the book of Proverbs. Now, knowing the book of Proverbs is, again, like having the answers to the test. We, and let me just say this from my heart, and everybody listen, okay? My name's Jim, I'm your friend, and I love you. So everything I'm about to say that's going to hurt you is because my name's Jim, and I'm your friend, and I love you. It is time to stop the foolishness. It is time to embrace the power of wisdom. And, and that's not because of the last year and a half. I could have said that two years ago. It is time to stop the foolishness. It is time to embrace the wisdom. We're going to take this series a lot farther than we normally do for a couple reasons. Uh, one is I think we need it. I, I think we all need it. Sometimes we don't all need the series. You know, doing a series on marriage is like, I'm single. That makes me feel great. Thank you for that, right? Or we do a, you know, a series on finances. Like, I'm retired. All I do is spend the check as it comes in. I don't need that. Or scheduling. It's like, I've got three little kids. I don't have a life, let alone a schedule, right? But when it comes to this, I think we can all benefit from wisdom. So we're going to take a little farther. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. Hey, there's 31 days in the month of May. Maybe God's saying something. 
Maybe what we could do is together, if we were to email you and get a prompt on your app, if you have the app, you'll be getting a, a prompt every day. And a, on that app prompt or in that email, there's a video. A staff member of our church is reading the entire chapter of that day. So yesterday was May 1st. On the 1st of May, I read the entire chapter of, of Proverbs chapter 1. And then I came back to one verse, the fear of the Lord, and I spent a few minutes on it. The devotions are averaging between four and seven minutes. How many guys can guess which end of the spectrum I'm on? Seven, thank you, yeah. Still your introduction. You got 20 minutes left. Keep talking, Jim, right? So a daily email, and, and this is the other thing we're asking you to do. Think about this. What if we gave up something that wasn't wise in favor of something we knew was? What? I know it's quiet because you, you all think I want to get you off of social media. That's, that's absolutely true. <laughs> calling social media social is like calling pornography marriage. Not for everybody, and not all the time, but for most of you, most of the time. Your hearts are healthy until you look at a world that's unhealthy, screaming at you, and then you change your mind. What if we looked at Scripture? What if we looked at truth? What if we looked at wisdom, and we diverted our eyes from foolishness for 31 days, and we burned some new neuron paths? What, what, if, what if it's not that? I want to be on social media because I, I like, you know, poems about kittens and hang in their baby and Charlie bit me and all the really important stuff. I want to see my grandbabies. I know that. But you look at your grandbabies and you scroll for the next three hours not realizing you've been there mindlessly for three hours. Let me, 20 years from now, we're going to discover that one of the things we did to neurologically harm a generation is cell phones. I don't, I don't mean the, the, the wires. I mean the video. When, when we realize how bad it is for children's brains, we'll have to repent just like a nation did for putting cigarettes into sea rations. When we realize the cancer that it causes to the human soul, and, and how can we not realize it by now? Which is not what this sermon's about, but just think about it for a second. Do not let children, do not let yourself like chain smoke garbage in your brain and expect you to act like Jesus when the question comes. That's just a thought for you. Hi, my name's Jim, and I'm your friend. <laughs> I love you. I'm so tired of putting back together the same broken pieces because we don't put down what's breaking us. So just, just a thought. So we're going to fast folly. Like, like maybe folly for you is watching too much news. Maybe folly for you is, you know, sitting at the lunchroom instead of getting in the Word, you, you sit there and you talk about the, the gossip that was on the news and on social media. Maybe if we disconnected from a totally, ridiculously, awfully general hospital days of our lives, uh, you know, world, and we just looked at what was true, we would stabilize emotionally and become light and salt in it rather than wind and waves of it. Just a thought. So for the next five Sundays, you guys still good? You're yelling at me. I'm not. I'm passionate. Duh. One of the hardest things about loving somebody is when you love them more than it seems they love themselves, right? So when you love your kids more than they love themselves, you just say, I, I'm, I'm trying to be calm, but what I really want to do right now is kill you. I don't want to kill you. There's parts of you I want to die, but that's different. So the next five Sundays, we're going to lay the foundations for everything you need to know about little topics like the fear of the Lord, family, friends, and enemies, discipline, offenses, and the purpose of pain. It's all in the book of Proverbs. Stewardship, wealth, generosity, and blessing, and life balance and ethics. We're going to read these things. We're going to discuss them together on our apps, our Bible apps, on our app, the church. We're going to look at videos. We're going to lay down stuff. We're going to put together a foundation for wisdom and knowledge. And today, we start with Proverbs chapter 1. Are you ready? Come on, are you ready? Was I, was I too mean? Correct me, because I, I have one more service. Some of you guys are like, it's either cold in here or I hate your guts. I can't tell the difference. It looks the same. 
right? Okay. So Proverbs chapter 1, here we go. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And when I underline a word, say it with me. It's for what? Gaining. Gaining wisdom and instruction. Wisdom, biblically, this word wisdom, the Hebrew word for wisdom, it means that which is right, that which prospers, that which God's blessing is on. And it talks about wisdom and instruction. Instruction is, is the same, only different. It's not, it's not the blessing of God or the right way to do it, what God promises he'll bless. It's instruction about what God will never bless, what God will not do, what God is, is not in. So it's going to help us for our what? It's going to be gaining. Come on, say it. It's going to help us gaining, right? Wisdom and instruction. Verse 2, it's for understanding. It's for what? It's for, it's for gaining our gain and understanding, for words of insight, for understanding words of insight. Um, I, the word understand there means to actually take hold and grasp. Like I, there's glasses over there, but I grab them. I now have understood them. I, I've touched them. They're a part of me. I can use them for understanding words of insight. How many guys know that words can really change things? I have not yet begun to fight. I have a dream. I regret that I only have but one life to give for my country. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. A stitch in time saves nine. Thank you, Ben Franklin, for most of the American Proverbs, right? But you think about it. It's funny how words form a picture. I was, I was really wrestling. You guys want a story on this real quick? How do you give me two minutes to tell a story? Yeah, I love visitors. And Rob, too. Yeah. Um, I remember I was uh, really wrestling with the issue of, of talking to you guys about stewardship. Because I, I was raised up in the church, if you will. I came into Christendom in the 80s. There's a lot of bad things that happened with church and money in the 80s. Now, it hasn't happened since. But in the 80s, they were real, 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 I mean, horribly gold-plated, air-conditioned, doghouse, misspending lies. People were being extorted for money in the name of Jesus. And when that came out, it's like the last thing anybody wanted to talk about was money. But how many of you guys know the Bible still talks about money? And so we didn't teach on it for a long time. Well, then everybody went into debt. Everybody was foolish. Everybody, you talked about money. All the church cares about is my, yeah, that's where that came from was the 80s, right? Before that, people didn't say that. But since the 80s, people finished the sentence that way. So I was really careful about it. And I, I don't want to talk about it. So every time I got up to talk about money, I'd say, listen, you don't, you don't have to. I don't really want to talk about, I'd rather talk about, you know, something else. But I just, you know, and here's the offering. Oh, Amen, right? So I was really wrestling with this because if I did talk about money, it felt weird. So I was, I was in Alabama somewhere, and I was sharing a home with another pastor for a conference thing that we were at. And uh, I didn't know the guy. I never met him before. But he was one of those, like, backwoodsy guys. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like it wasn't a toupee. It was a beaver-skinned hat sort of a guy, right? But wise. He, you know, he was kind of at the end of his road. I was kind of in the middle of my road. And... Uh, and, I, and he said, what are you thinking about, young man? And I said, it's funny you ask that because I'm studying on how to teach giving. And I, I just haven't found a way to, to do it well because if I do this, it's going to come off this way. If I do this, though, it's going to come off not at all. So I don't, I don't know what to do. And he said, yep, yep. I'll never forget it. Yep, yep. We're in rocking chairs just to make it that much better. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. And I looked at him, he looked at me like, did you get it? And I, I said, what do you mean by that? He said, I mean, stay out of the ditch. Don't, don't say this and don't say that. But there's a lot of road between the ditches we can talk about and we should talk about. I went for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. How many of you guys know that this is what it is? For understanding words of insight. Like sometimes that one, I got goosebumps, and I'm kind of a hard-hearted old guy. I got goosebumps thinking about that story. I remember it's like, that's it. It was a eureka moment. Sometimes wisdom helps us understand 
words of insight. Verse 3, for receiving. Everybody say, what's, what's Proverbs 4? It's for receiving instruction and prudent behavior. Now, unfortunately, prudent and prude are known in our culture as synonyms. They are not. Prudence simply means this. It means to, to accomplish something wonderful, noble, great, with the least amount of effort required. That's not, that's not being a prude. That's actually being efficient. Prudence, knowing exactly what to do and doing it in the most efficient way. And it's prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. Please hear me. Lots of arguments about what is right, what is just, and what is fair. And there should be arguments. There should be passionate conversations between people of goodwill to decide if what I believe is right and just and fair is actually right and just and fair or just my tradition, just my bias. Somebody say amen. So let me just say this to you. But the Bible tells us what is right and what is just and what is fair, and it helps us to receive that information. How many of you know my opinion means nothing because my mind gets changed every time the wind blows? But when I stand on firmly the teachings of wisdom found in Scripture, I don't have to be moved off by anybody else's opinion. I, am, I have a testimony. I'm not at the mercy of somebody with an argument. Because I know what God has said. I know what God has said to me. I know what God has sent me to do. And I'm no longer the guy that gets blown back. Well, that sounds good. That, that sounds right. Well, that sounds right. One of my favorite scenes in uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Anybody ever seen that? Very depressing movie. Brought to you by Zoloft. It's, a, it's one of those movies that just, I just weep. And sometimes when I need to weep, I watch, <laughs> the end comes home, I'm watching Fiddler on the Roof alone. She knows I've had a bad day. <laughs> I'm not allowed to drink anymore. I just watch Fiddler on the Roof. You know what I mean? And... And, and this guy goes, well, he has this point. And he goes, well, he's right. And the other, other guy counters his point and says, well, and Tevye says, he's right. And one guy says, hey, they can't both be right. And Tevye goes, and he's also right. I mean, that's how I feel sometimes. Like, you're right, you're right. And if you say I'm wrong, you're right as well, right? This is something, receiving instruction in prudence, being efficient, getting it done, accomplishing much, and doing what is right. Doing, not talking, doing what is right and just and fair. Verse 4, look at this. For giving, what is Proverbs 4? It's for giving. Prudence, again, to those who are simple. Simple is a nice way of saying someone who doesn't know the difference between right and wrong. Sometimes it's the young. It talks about here prudence and knowledge to the young. But sometimes we find folly. Folly is someone living foolishness. So it is, there's foolishness. There's a fool, but what a fool does is folly. Does that make sense when Proverbs says this? So uh, this, this, this sense of being simple is I don't know the difference between right and wrong. Well, the book of Proverbs gives prudence, an efficient way to live, to those who don't know how to live. It also gives knowledge and discretion. Again, knowledge grasping, discretion, knowing what not to do in a, in a good way to the young. So those, here's the bookend. The young and the simple. Well, look at the other end. It also, verse 5, let the wise listen. Let those who know, it doesn't matter how long you've been a believer. It doesn't matter how, how many companies you built, how many books you've written. It doesn't matter how many people want you to come speak at their seminar. Literally, if you are the simple person that doesn't know anything or you're the guy that's the smartest guy in the room, this book has something to say to you. Let them add it to their learning and let the discerning get guidance, right? It's not just for the simple young. Verse 6, look at this, for understanding. Again, what's Proverbs for? It's for understanding Proverbs and parables, and sayings, and riddles of the wise. It's for gaining. It's for understanding. It's for giving. It's for adding. It's for getting from God. Now, 
I, I hope that, that you understand that of all the books you can read, the Gospels are the Gospels, man. It's the story of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus. I hope that you understand Acts. It's the history of the early church. I hope you understand Psalms as David saying, my life is awful and God seems a million miles away, but I'm going to trust him. It's very comforting, right? But when you get to Proverbs, it literally is, is a tutorial of how to breathe. <laughs> it's a tutorial of how to work. It's a tutorial of how to love. It's, it's, it's this ongoing, beautiful recitation of wisdom, that which we desperately need to achieve what God has put in our hands. The understanding Proverbs, parables, sayings, and riddles of the wise. Look at this, verse 7. The next verse is, is the first of the Proverbs, and we'll stop here today. But also, it's the most foundational of the Proverbs. This is what he says. Let's start, let's begin the instruction of Solomon to those who are simple, those who are wise, those who need to gain, those who need to get. Here we go. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. He, he sets up two categories right at the very beginning. There's something called wise people, and there's something called foolish people. God's ways, wise, not God's ways, foolish. You guys follow me, right? What, what God will always bless, wise. What God will never bless, foolish. The right way to live, righteous, right? Foolish the wrong way to live, what God will always bless, what God will never bless. The first step, he says in this, and you have to hear me. You guys ready? You still here? Well, you yelled at me. And now Brent's leaving. I'm sorry, Brent. Come back. I love you, buddy. My name's Jim. I'm your friend. Okay. Actually, he's on the medical team, so it makes me nervous. Am I okay? Okay, I'm good. All right. Um, The first step to living right is this, and you have to get this, and it's going to confuse you at first. But remember, these are wise people talking to us. How many of you guys know when a wise person talks to you, you got to think a little bit more than just the surface stuff? This is what a wise man says. You ready? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge, various places throughout Scripture. The fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Matter of fact, it's funny. We like to say a lot, God is love. To my knowledge, the only place the Bible says God is love is in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8. It says it once. You know how many times it says to fear the Lord? You know how many times it talks about God being holy, not being love? I mean, it talks about being love. That's true. But it, it says it once or twice. It talks about God being holy. It says it, what, several dozen times. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of good things. It says it dozens of times. So let's be careful. But we have to understand what it means. Because we say the fear of the Lord. I've heard so many people, and, I, and forgive me, I want to say this the right way, but it, it just seems like the morning that I'm not doing it so well. So how many guys will just give me grace? That's wise of you to give me grace. I've seen so many people screw up their own lives and blame God for it. Screw up, blow up their own, their own marriages and say, where was God? Blow up their own health. Blow up their own soul and say, it's God's fault. If God was really good, then this would be happening to me. It's like God is really good. And God told us the way to live that you've ignored. Foolishness pays a price, right? The fear of the Lord. Um, the other day, I'll give you an example just to help you understand because I think the fear of the Lord, people say, I, you know, God didn't do this, so I don't believe in God, and I'm going to deconstruct my faith. Please hear me. One of, one of the key arguments is if, if God is love and we're supposed to love him, but we're supposed to fear him, that contradicts his, itself. So one must be right. Well, which one are we going to choose? If you, if you had to choose fearing God or loving God, which one would you choose? It's, I just choose loving God. That's why we know a lot about God is love and know very little about the fear of the Lord. You still here? Okay, just, I'm with you. I'm your friend. Help me help you. Show me the money. Okay, that's, I'm sorry, that's, I hear Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, the, people just don't understand what Solomon's saying when he says the fear of the Lord. If you knew what Solomon was saying, you would understand it. You would want to fear the Lord. 
And if you don't, then you just choose the, the least resistant way. God is love. Everything he does is love. Everything he says is love. God loves me. God will never judge me. There is no hell. There's just no heaven. There's just love and God. And, and all of a sudden, we're into this Buddhist nirvana situation rather than what the Bible says is true. Hear me. You are to fear the Lord, but you must understand what he means by that. And I'll give you the best example I have. I just got it the other day. I have had not, you've not heard me teach on the fear of the Lord because I haven't had a good example. Now I do. Um, because Pastor Les preached last week and did an awesome job. I had Wednesday morning free a week ago. And there's a men's coffee that meets at 5.30. So a bunch of wise men get together and have coffee. Thank you for catching on to that, Judy. A bunch of wise guys get together, and they go over the sermon, and they, and they just listen, and they talk, and it's beautiful, right? And so I, I, I'm going to go to that. It's 5.30 in the morning. At my age, you're already up because you have to go to the bathroom anyway. So you, you come, and you drink coffee. And, and there were like, like Pastor Jason sits all the chairs six feet apart, right? But there was one chair that was surrounded by two other chairs. It was 12 feet or, you know, or more from the nearest person. When I sat down, one of the guys gave me a hard time. and said, what's the matter, weekend? How many of you know you're amongst friends when they call you by your last name and, and other names? What's the matter, weekend? You afraid of COVID? As I sat down, I said, I'm not afraid of COVID. I'm afraid of Dina. And I thought about that because, I, you know, Dina, Dina's like, you know, hey, be careful. Hey, just set an example. Hey, you know, your, your first name is Pastor around here. I'm concerned about your health. I'm right. So it, I'm afraid of you. Well, does that mean I'm afraid of Dina's lawyer? No. Am I afraid of Dina playing whack-a-mole with my brain in a rolling pin when I'm sleeping? No. Who said yes? No. No. Am, am I afraid of her yelling at me and hurting my feelings? I don't have feelings. I, they cannot be hurt. They were surgically removed the day I became a senior pastor. It served me well, right? It's not that. So what do I mean by I'm, And I, I admit it. I'm not afraid of COVID. I'm afraid of Dina. What did I mean by that? Hear me. Dina cares about me. Dina is concerned for me. I'm in a relationship. Dina actually loves me. Matter of fact, there are times I question if I even love myself because my wife loves me so much better than I love me. That makes sense? I, I bought Dina a new car. I was so excited because it was nice. It, was, it had all the, you know, you press buttons and stuff happens and your butt gets hot and the steering wheel's warm and it's just, it's one of those, it's, it's the cold weather package and it's all-wheel drive and it's, it's just the car and I bought it and I, and I said, baby, this is for you and she said, oh, thank you so much. I said, I, you know, she only needs this much mileage. She said, no, put more mileage on. I'm like, you don't drive that many miles but, but it's your car and I'm blessing you. I came home into the driveway and my car wasn't there. I said, where's my, where's my roller skate? Where's my Subaru? Where's my less impressive Impreza? She said, I sold it. Congratulations, you just bought yourself a new car. I said, what? I mean, moral of the story, marry a woman smarter than you. It was just a little deceptive, hallelujah, right? I said, what? She said, I knew you'd never spend the money on yourself. But Jim, you need a good vehicle. You need your butt warm. You need, you need to press a button and it's ready for you. you. You need all-wheel drive. And you would never spend that money on you, so I tricked you and you spent the money on you without knowing that it was you that was doing it for you. Doesn't seem like Romans 7, right? So confusing. What I'm trying to say is this. My wife treats me better than I treat me. Why? Because she loves me. She's concerned about me. Am I afraid of COVID? No. But I have a relationship with that woman. You hear what I'm saying? Am I afraid of her? It depends, you know, like, no, I'm not afraid of her lawyer. I'm not afraid of a rolling pin and her playing whack-a-mole, you know. I'm, I'm not, it's not that. She loves me. She's concerned for me. She, she wants what's best for me. 
how can I care so little about me when she cares so much about me? That's the fear of Dina that I'm talking about. It's, I'm not afraid of her judgment. I'm, not, I'm afraid of losing her respect. I'm not, I'm not afraid of her verbal or physical acumen to abuse me. I'm afraid of breaking that heart that has given itself to me in marriage for 32 years, and I am not an easy person to live with. Some of you guys are enduring a half-hour sermon like he's been mean the whole time. This is the way I talk all the time. Let's change a couple words real quick. Dina cares about me. Dina has concern. What about this one? God cares about me. God has concern for me. God loves me. How could, how could I care so little about me when he cares so much for me? I couldn't. It's so hard to be loved. Listen, we only receive the love that we believe we deserve. So we do cut people off when they love us more than we're comfortable with, don't we? And, and when Dina's loving me that way, it's like, well, I bought you a car. Get, well, you should buy yourself a car. And she has to trick me into it. Why? Because there's part of because I, I should be the one sacrificing, not you. I should be, I'm the man. I should lay down my life. It's in the Bible, you know? And, and here she is tricking me into blessing me because she loves me and she cares about me. I, I care about that. God is concerned for you. That's why he told you what's wise and what's foolish. That's why he told you how to be blessed and what to avoid. That's, that's, that's why the book of Proverbs exists, because he cares about you. He loves you. So God is concerned about me. God loves me. God cares about me. And there's the last one. God cares about you. How could you care so little about you when God cares so much about you? How could you love you less when he's loved you so greatly? So the fear of the Lord is not if I do something wrong, God's going to play whack-a-mole. If I do something wrong, God's going to have the legal right to hold against me my behavior. The fear of the Lord is how can I not care about him when he has cared so greatly for me? Do you see how that's consistent with God is love? That God loves people that for God so loved the world? It's still true. Well, you should be afraid of him because God will smack you. At least not what's being said. The fear of the Lord is no different than the fear of Dina. Where'd she go? There. Thank you for hiding, babe. It makes me nervous when I can see your eyes. There you go. It's scary. The fear of Dina. I'm not afraid of her, but she loves me so much. How can I not love me too? My behavior has to mirror to my best ability how much that woman loves for me or I'm letting her down. I'm not afraid of God. I'm not, not, not in that way. I'm not afraid of God's judgment. You say, oh, they're going to kill you. I'm like, you can't threaten me with heaven. <laughs> Do that again. I'll send you to eternity in paradise forever like okay I'll back off and stay here I'm not afraid of hell just God loves me so much so for 31 days would you do me a favor starting yesterday so this is day two would you consider how much he cares about you and, and maybe care a little bit more about you too would you consider how much he is concerned for you and, and put down all the the emotional porn of social media. Put down all the days of our life feeding it to you, spoon-feeding a narrative to you so you can become emotionally engaged. It is, it is the most lazy exercises we can do is to have someone enrage us on purpose. I had somebody say the other day, I was feeling kind of at peace so I turned on Fox News just to get ticked off for a while. And the same thing could be true for MSNBC or NPR, right? If we watch something to engage our emotions... It's no different than in the 80s when we watched General Hospital. And as the stomach turns, 
And like sand through the hourglass, so past the days of our lives. I love old people. You're so sweet. <laughs> I know that one saggy arm. I know that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have said that. That was mean. That was just mean. So we start in the beginning. We can't start anywhere but the beginning, right? Close your eyes. Father, I, I pray for the fear of the Lord. Oh, God. It's not heavy. It's beautiful. It's not horrible. It's not awful. It's not frightening. It's love. I pray over this congregation and those who are watching online and those that are listening on the radio and those that are watching in Italy and those that are... God, I pray just a, just a, a resurgence, a revival of the fear of the Lord. I'm not afraid to sin. I'm not afraid of the consequences. Jesus took care of all of that. I'm afraid of interrupting a relationship with someone who cares so much for me. I just don't want to let you down. Your love for the world, when we realize it to whatever degree it is, will transform our behavior. When it's not just the world, but you love us. You're concerned for us. You care about us. I'm afraid of my wife, but not, not in a way that makes me less masculine in a way that makes me more loved, more blessed. God, I pray, let, let this congregation, wherever they are, whenever they hear this, let them be more blessed because of the fear of the Lord. Hey, listen, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, my time is up. You're here today, you're like, Jim, man, I, I need the fear of the Lord. I, I'm still playing, I feel like God's playing whack-a-mole with me. I, my thought was that I, I'm not good enough to be loved yet. I'm only receiving the love that I believe I deserve. And my behavior right now deserves not to be loved. And so I'm, there's this weird, legalized, distant, bet midler, God is watching us kind of thing happening. And I, I don't want that. I, I want to be so close to the Lord that the thought of grieving the one who cares so much would become the motivation for me to live with wisdom instead of foolishness. To get off the, the, the nipple of the world and, and into the sincere milk of the Word of God that can become meat in time as we mature. If you're here today, you're like, Jim, I need to make some changes in this area of my life. Like there's 31 days to reprogram some part of my brain. There's 31 days to turn off foolishness and turn on wisdom. There's 31 days to understand the sayings of the wise, the getting, the adding to, the understanding, all the things that are promised to me in the first six verses I want in the next 30 days in my life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. God, here's my hand. It's attached to a heart that says yes. I want to give you the next 30 days. So I will turn off those things that are a waste, that are foolish. I will turn on those things that are wise and bring strength. The fear of the Lord, doing it your way because you love us. It's the beginning of wisdom. Doing it your way, caring more about us because you care more about us. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of true knowledge. True truth begins with a relationship with the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ last 30 seconds. If you're here or you're online, you're like, you know what? I'm not right with God. Well, how many times do I have to be wise before I'm right with God? It doesn't work that way. Wisdom is what you get after a relationship's established. Mercy, sacrifice, not your sacrifices, but his is what establishes that. When I sold myself into slavery, to pornography, to addiction, to anger, to atheism, to alcohol, when, when all those things were my master, they promised to serve me, but after serving them for a short time, they took over my life. And when I, I asked God for mercy, God destroyed the work of the enemy, and God built up in me the kingdom, the domain of the king inside of me. And from that domain, I, I hope I speak. I hope I live. 
That's what I'm striving for. If you're here today, you're like, I'm just not right with God, man. I'm not saying wisdom can't work. I'm, I'm saying that the fear of the Lord, that relationship, that love, that, that covenant, that's the foundation of all of this stuff functioning properly. The devil knows the Bible. He's in no right relationship with God. Be in a right relationship with God and watch how it's the scriptures open you in the next 30 days. I'm not right with God, but I want to be, Jim. That's you. Whether you're online, you just press the little hand emoji. We're going to talk to you a little bit afterwards. You're in this room right now. Would you lift your hand right now? I give my life to Jesus. I need mercy. I need forgiveness. I need relationship. I've been trying to do Bible stuff apart from a relationship with its author. Let me back up. Religion's not going to save me, but Jesus can. And Jesus will. So into your hands, we give you our lives. All the days that are left, God, numbered before you, only you know. <sighs> only you know. I give them to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Next week, you're going to get up and leave. And you can grab a Pepsi and hand it down the road for all I care. It's up to you. But in this last week, as we dismiss in an orderly way, ushers are going to come, doors are going to open. I think we're trying some air conditioning. Is this stuffy in here or anybody, besides, anybody else hot? Anybody else working besides me? That explains it. Okay, good. All right. Why don't you stand to your feet, gather your things, your belongings, that which is going with you, and uh, they're going to escort you out row by row when your time is done. Week one is done, guys. Start reading. Come back next week having read chapters one through seven, and we'll pick up in chapter eight and keep rolling. God bless you as you're dismissed. You're dismissed. Folks, help them out of here. Open doors. Let them go. There you go. There you go. You hang out in the parking lot as long as you like.